Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast, where my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts helping support our vision of leaders powered for good. If that's your mission too, I know you'll be inspired by what you hear. I'll be back at the end to share what I've learned. Enjoy this episode of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Dan Rockwell, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. How are you doing today? Well, thank you, Chad. I'm doing great here in central Pennsylvania. We're watching the Little League World Series today, so it's an exciting time. Oh, that's so fun. Your your latest book, uh, your co-author of the book, The Vagrant, The Inner Journey of Leadership. Dan, why was this book so important for you to put pen to paper? Well, I'll tell you, that's a great question, Chad. It's my story. I think it's every leader's story. We've all been in situations where we someone came to us and told us something about ourselves that we thought was ridiculous. We thought they were just completely nuts. I re- I'll never forget the day my daughter, as an adult, said to me, Dad, I think you like to scare people. And and it's like, I'm a fuzzy teddy bear. What are you talking about? So uh, the story uh, comes from our, our journey, my journey of uh, trying to wake up from self-defeating behaviors. So when you think about self-defeating behaviors, I think that resonates so much with anybody uh, the listener of the Leader Chat Podcast is somebody definitely wanting to be better, right? Wanting to um, look at things in a different way and maybe polish up a little bit or may, maybe mechanize some ideas. So when you talk about self-defeating behaviors, yours was potentially, your daughter said you were scaring people. What are some others that that really get in the way of people that may not reach as high as they want to because of some of the things they're doing? Well, I can just think back of, uh, maybe you can too, Chad, our early journey. We showed up to show how smart we were. We showed up with our answers. We showed up to prove we were right. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of that works early on in the journey, but uh, it doesn't take very long for that to become uh, self-defeating. Obviously, uh, talking more than listening, making statements more than asking questions, uh, working too much. I mean, there's a you know awareness these days of work-life balance, but you know, giving your life to work and and losing your family, there are the list goes on and on. If you have not engaged in self-defeating behaviors, uh, Chad, I would just love to meet you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you you said uh, um, well, we were talking a little before we started recording, and uh, and I shared with you us. Us at Blanchard, we like the parable format. You wrote this book in the parable format. And I love that you said um, the reason for you to do that is, is so everybody can kind of put themselves in his or her shoes of the main character. Um, you've had a lot of success with this format. Why is it important to you to, 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 to do this? And what do you think you get across in a better way with this type of storytelling? Well, uh, first of all, let me just say uh, one minute manager, Ken's work there. Uh, written with a children's author. I mean, my, how fantastic! So uh, he's done. He's done. You you folks have done pretty well in this arena as as well. <laughs> um, I just felt like this arena would would allow the reader to uh, meet Bob, the main character, watch him go through this series of catastrophes. 
he just keeps stumbling through life. And I love that he he continues to spiral downward. Uh, my co-author, John David Mann, said recently on a podcast, we took Bob and just beat the daylights out of him. And what happens is, uh, you know, that format, You're you, hopefully, and what the feedback I'm getting is people are seeing themselves in the story. Not specifically, but they start to see, you know, some of these things in their own lives. So that format allows for us to enter the story, see ourselves a little bit, and then when you land at the end, you you find out that, you know, there's some great structured self-reflection practices you can engage in to help minimize some of the things we tend to do when we shoot ourselves in the foot. There's a lot of reflection, and you, you called it uh, structured self-reflection within this book. That's something I think you, you'd agree. It's, it's something we probably should do more often and take that time to really um, see what we're doing and how we're affecting others. How do you go about that? If somebody is, is walking up to you and, and obviously you'd say, hey, go get the book, obviously. But if you if they came up to you and said, hey, coach me a little bit here, how, how do I get started here? How do I really start on my journey um, to be better? Well, uh, I like to ask my uh, coaching clients at some point early in the engagement uh, to explain their their self-reflection practice. I'm a farm boy from Maine, so I'm going to use a dairy farm expression. Hopefully, it'll make sense. Uh, they look at me when I ask that question about their structure or about their self-reflection. They look at me like a cow looks at a new gate. It's like they have they just don't have any idea because they don't have time for self-reflection. They, you know, that's not on their radar in many cases, which indicates, you know, they're high achievers, they're drive dri driven uh, for results. But guess what? We lose ourselves and we end up hating work. We end up with negative consequences. So you, first of all, you have to convince people, some people, that it's necessary to, at the end of the day or the end of the week, to spend some time reflecting on what you, for example, what you thought you set out to do and how close were you to achieving that? Or here's, here's a, a question. When I say structured, uh, um, you know, there'd be questions uh, that you can ask yourself and projects that you can go through. Um, you might ask yourself, uh, how much time did I spend today doing meaningful work? Because leaders spend a lot of time running around chasing fires. Uh, it, it, I have uh, recently said with a young uh, client of mine, uh, go ahead and think about, you know, your important goals. And then write down five questions you can ask yourself at the end of every day. Don't worry about spending a half an hour, uh, you know, contemplating and breathing deep and all of that. Just five questions and, and commit to write one sentence about each question. Now, I get bored quickly. So I would say at the end of two or three weeks, you might want to change your questions or adopt another self-reflection practice. But uh, it's the, the practice itself is necessary. It can take many forms. When someone finds themselves in a path that it clearly is not going to go much further or it's going to maybe even exit them from the situation they're in, what do you share with your coaching clients? What did you what did you learn uh, you know that that, that you uh, were able to add to this book? If things get really catastrophic and rough, how does somebody go about reinventing themselves beyond writing the goals down? But but uh, what are some actionable things they could do as well? Yeah, great, great question. And the first thing is obviously 
listen to others. It's surprising, but other people may know us better than we know ourselves. And so when someone comes to you and says something that surprises you or you think is just off crazy, um, say to yourself, what if they're right? Or say to yourself, I, I could be wrong. And then uh, listen and explore. So I, I think begin by listening to others uh, and then uh, invite the outside in. When we come to these points in our lives, what happens is other people often are instrumental in propelling us forward. And I can't tell you how long it took me to learn that one because I'm like the Lone Ranger guy. I'm an introvert. I enjoy my privacy. I, if you showed up, if you drove into my driveway today, I'd I'd look out the window and think, who in the world is in my driveway and probably hide behind the couch until you left. <laughs> so you have to intentionally invite people in, seek some feedback, seek, seek input, and don't just ask, you know, seek feedback specifically as well. And you get to the back of the book, there are, there are five projects that ought to really kick you off in this particular uh, practice. One of my favorite things, um, and I've been really fortunate for all the people that I've gotten to talk to um, here on the on the on the podcast. One of my favorite things that I've learned in my growth is, and you've touched on it there, is the awareness. You know, and you said open yourself up, talk to other people. You know, open and and really listen to what they're saying because they, they they see you in different ways potentially. But what I love about awareness is if you're if you know it's happening, if you know it's some of your behaviors, then when you find yourself doing it, I mean, you're running through that stop sign now. So sometimes people can be unaware. How do you do that when muscle memory is so strong? And and you find yourself running through those stop signs, whether it's because it's easier to do the other thing. How do you how do you go about to kind of um, right side yourself? You know, move yourself in the right direction. Yeah, great question. So I, I think first of all, just noticing is like ninety percent of the journey, because none of us intentionally engage in self defeating behaviors. We get up in the morning, we think we're doing the right thing, we think we're making the right choices, we think we're getting where we want to go. It's only later that we find out we were not really helping ourselves at all or others. So first of all, just noticing. And, and then second of all, let me return back to that, invite the outside in. Um, I think one of the best things a leader can do if, for example, he's interrupting people in meetings and talking too much, is to uh, go to a couple of the people on his team and say, look, my goal is to uh, create an energizing environment in our meetings. I don't want to talk as much as I have been. I want to invite other people to talk. Would you watch and note and just notice when I'm really succeeding at that and then other times when I'm doing things that are hindering that? And then just jump, you know, walk down the hall with them after a meeting and say, what's your feedback? Tremendous advice. And, and it also creates an opportunity for you to share vulnerability. You know, to actually mm. say this mm. is this is something I know that I'm doing. Please help me. You know, help me become maybe a little more unrecognizable in a couple in a in a quarter or so. Yeah. So what are yeah. what are some other some of those self defeating behaviors you talked about? You know, interrupting and meeting and and not you know not being fully present. What are some other things and what are some other fixes that you feel like are very common for people that are that are trying to aspire to greater things? Well, I think uh, here's a here's a big one. Um, keeping ourselves in the center of the action. We all love to be in the center of the action. And 
that require you know shifting from being in the center of action to putting others in the center of the action that is a huge shift in identity and the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about others so um i think noticing if you're in the center of everything all the time that means you're a bottleneck and you don't want to be so uh if after you notice it then start to think about how can I gently don't overreact to this because you know sometimes people overreact. Gently figure out ways to to gently step back and allow some space and even prompt people. You might go to some of the players on the team that you think are on the fringes and give them a heads up that there's going to be an opportunity in this particular meeting or in this on this particular project where I think your talents and strengths are going to really matter. Now, this would be really useful for any introverts on the team. They love a little prep time. But uh, but uh, just be gentle about it. Gently find ways to uh, step back a little, because if you step back, you're going to find out other people are anxious to step in. They want to thrive. They want to really do a great job. So there's one that that might be useful. Again, you know, your audience gets this, I'm sure. So let's let's give uh, our listeners a, a a little bit of a taste of the book. Obviously, in the parable format, we really want them to 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 pick this book up and and uh, and check it out. Uh, one of the things that I, I you know Ken's been very successful about that, and I love about this format is this truly is. A book. This is a good. This is a good plane book. You can get on the plane, and and uh, and it's a great story, and it's it's uh, engaging and energizing. But let's dig into it a little bit. You, as you said earlier, you put them really put them through the ringers, uh, him or her, because he, the the reader kind of defines who it is. Um, what's one of the stories, one of the ringers you put them through, um, and what did you find out to be one of the solutions for for that issue? So um, I'm committed to sh- the uh, to brevity. I love brevity. I like to read short books. So this is one of those books. Uh, feedback I'm getting is mm, a little over two hours, two and a half at the most. Uh, you can sit down and read it. And uh, some of the folks have said it's riveting. The story is riveting. And I think because it's uh, there are c- catastrophes and tragedies. And it begins with, here's a young fella. He's all excited about his career and he thinks he's fantastic. And uh, he's uh, called up to the power tower, so to speak, and he's going to talk with the big cheese and he thinks he's going to be promoted and uh, he gets fired. So he's walking out carrying his box of stuff and his life begins to spiral into uh, oblivion from that point on. And he's he's blaming everybody for his problems. So I think if you read the story, talk about a solution that comes from that part, you know, that component of the story, obviously, is to stop looking outward when things aren't working and begin by looking inward. What is it about me that is creating this environment? What is it about me that is creating adversarial relationships? What is it about me? Because I want to blame everybody else. So um, Bob, the main character in the story, he starts by getting fired when he thinks he's going to be promoted because he's so out of touch. And then uh, his his story just spirals from there. If our listeners are still listening, they're, they're on the path for self-discovery. They're on the path for um, 
improving themselves. But I always like to hear this from a coach's perspective and, and you, you, it's such a prolific author as well. It's never too late. Right. And, and even when things seem very bleak and dark, and like you said, the way the story starts for, for Bob, um, it, it's never too late. You can reinvent yourself or you can make some subtle tweaks, but you can, you can right size yourself at any moment of the day. just when you make the decision to, to, to move forward, correct? I'm working with a couple of uh, leaders right now who are at that uh, juncture in their careers. And uh, it happens uh, several times. It's not like, oh, they're ready to retire. It can happen at any time. And and uh, what it it is a challenge because we want it's difficult to, as uh, Marcus Aurelius says in meditations, uh, everything is decomposing and recomposing. And that's not an exact quote. But we have to somehow decompose. We have to let things go. And that is perhaps the, the thing that holds us back the most. And then we have to turn and uh, recompose and refine ourselves in new ways. One of the times this happened to me, uh, I had a midlife crisis. Heck, I have, I've had uh, many midlife crises. I think we ought to have a lot of them. Um, but don't get me wrong. I didn't unbutton my shirt, wear a gold chain, buy a sports car, and divorce my wife. But I did evaluate my life, and I've done. There's been specific times when I've done that, and here's something that came out of one of those experiences. I realized that the pressure I was putting on myself was artificial, and that I, I didn't have to do all the things I was doing, and I, I didn't have to try to please everybody because I'm a people pleaser. I didn't have to please everybody. What I had to do is bring my best self to the world. And I have to tell you, that is so freeing. And sometimes that happens during these transition moments. Such great insights. Dan, if there is if there is one thing that you would like to get across to our, our listeners today, one thing that uh, that you've learned in your journey, and, and especially in your journey getting this, this book out to the people, what would you like to share? Well, and it's I'm I'm one of these very tactile guys. If you read Leadership Freak blog, you know, uh, you know, it's like five things for this and five things for that. And by the way, I used to think that's all there was to leadership. Um, and so the the book does end there. And regardless if you're in your 20s or in your 60s, uh, take some time if you can, just a few minutes every day. Take out a pen and and start to write some of some self-reflection. Do it in a structured way. Ask yourself some questions. Prepare yourself ahead of time. Think about your goals. Uh, there are so many things you can do. If you just take four or five minutes a day, you might find you do it more than that, but just start the journey of, of self-reflection because uh, uh, this helps us become uh, who we are. And you know, Warren Bennis said, "Leadership is a matter is a, is a matter of becoming yourself," and and uh, that freaks me out. Don't get me wrong; it's, it's like weird, you know, because leadership is about doing stuff, right? But it's about doing them in an authentic way. And self reflection is, I think, the main tool for us to maintain our authenticity. The book is called The Vagrant. The Inner Journey of Leadership, Dan Rockwell. If people wanted to, to dig a little bit deeper, you mentioned your blog, you could probably share that as well. But if people want to dig a little bit deeper into you, into your the work you're doing and the research you're, you're, uh, you're putting out into the world, where would you send them? 
Uh, all I got to do is go to Google and type in leadership freak. And uh, they're, they're going to find me. You can send me an email at dan at leadershipfreak.com. Dan, thank you so much. So appreciate your insights. Appreciate your passion around this topic. Uh, appreciate the ease and storytelling. This is a fun read. Um, thanks so much for being with us here on the Leader Chat Podcast. Uh, th- uh, thank you, Chad. It's an honor. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed the interview, go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share it with your friends. The best way you can help us grow is feedback. So write a review if you haven't already. This podcast is brought to you by Blanchard, the heart of human achievement. Visit Blanchard.com for additional resources to help you and your organization succeed. Now it's my pleasure to turn today's podcast over to Ken Blanchard for his final thoughts. Thanks, Chad, for interviewing Dan Rockwell. I'm a raving fan of his ever since Randy Connolly and I were on his podcast over our book, The Simple Truths of of Leadership. And this book is really important for us to deal with. As you look at the subtitle, it says it all, The Inner Journey of Leadership. It's really taking a look at not only your strengths, but what are the things that you need to work on? What are uh, your vulnerability areas and how do you deal with those and how do you share those with people uh, and build on uh, your strengths and deal with those areas that you need to work on. I also love that he says you need to enter your day uh, more slowly so you can be reflective. You know, most people leap out of bed and they, you know, are trying to eat while they're washing and they jump in the car and they're off and all. And what uh, Rockwell is really saying is no, stop, enter your day, think about Uh, what's ahead, what are the things that you need to work on, what are the areas you need to overcome and all. And so that self-reflection is so important. And so thanks, Dan. Thanks, uh, uh, Chad, for interviewing him. This is a powerful, powerful book. Read it and find out more about yourself so that you can be the best leader you can possibly be. 